ready. Okay. I'm ready. I'm going to hit record. Okay. Recording is started. Anytime you're ready, hit it. Hi, my name is Chrissy Trotter of Destin Globetrotter. You're listening to Jeff Smith on Vroom Vroom Veer. You ready? I love road trips. Let's go for a ride. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> I love was, road trips. <laughs> I do. That's one of the things I read about. There so. you go. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Sergio Nazaro, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Dude, thanks for having me. I appreciate you bringing me on. Thank you. And I appreciate you saying yes. Took a couple tries, but we did it. (laughs) It's all good. So talk a little bit about what Sergio is most excited about in his business today. Listen, my coaching program. It's all about awakening men and women to what is possible in their lives, showing them that the pit that they're living in doesn't have to be where they stay, casting a vision for their future, and then allowing them to see that the path to get there is going to take some work, but that's the work that we do together. Ah, I love it. I love it. And and we're going to get into that for sure. But you've got an amazing story, and this is Vroom Vroom Veer. It's basically like this is your life. So let's go back in time. I know you were in the military. I was in the military. There's going to be touch points. (laughs) So let's talk about where you grew up. Yeah, listen, I was born in New Jersey. I lived there until about fourth grade. My parents decided to move down to Texas. That was a really big culture shock. Uh, Got in a lot of trouble for not wanting to say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am to a bunch of people that I'd never respected. Um, Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Welcome to the South. Right, yeah. (laughs) So, at least Houston kind of sucked, in my opinion. Um, okay. We well, you we left. It's, it's yeah, when now. I was a kid. Yeah. No, still now. I've been back. The humidity <laughs> is not for me, dude. <laughs> no. Okay. I concur. All of Texas too way too fucking muggy. But yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, we left Texas uh, because my parents were trying to buy a home down there. Ended up taking some bad advice from a real estate agent. Mm. Both of my parents got fired from their jobs. We ended up homeless for a few months. Oh, my God. And we decided to move out to Colorado. And okay. so I started going to school out here in eighth grade. And I've wow. been out here pretty much ever since, except for my time in the military. Okay. Colorado is pretty cool. I, I mean, as far as like culture, weather, um, I could do Colorado. I like visiting Colorado. It's, yeah. it's off my list because my wife doesn't do snow. there's three other seasons for you to experience well we're we're planning to do like uh like some travel and mm-hmm. we're currently living in vegas so like it's definitely a place to retreat to in the summer and it's not that far away so yeah and it's a lot cooler there with altitude and shit <laughs> yeah. okay so all right let's talk a little bit about like when you were in high school did you get in trouble a lot? 
Like, what I was did. what was your yeah. favorite time you got like kind of like in a funny way maybe got in trouble? <laughs> I found in my life like it's a good way to know what a superpower might be is what what got me in trouble when I was a kid or in the military. <laughs> so did yeah. that did that ever happen to you? Uh, I never really got in trouble. I was a pretty good kid. Uh, but my, also, my parents also gave me like a lot of like leash. So okay. they allowed me to drink at 16. They allowed wow. me to smoke weed at wow. 16. Cool. My dad parents. would buy me the booze and allowed me to throw parties at the house. And I Holy think, shit. yeah. Yeah. And he even told me one day, he was like, listen, I know you're going to drink. And I also so know he wanted to watch it. you do it. Right. Yeah. Well, not even that. He would let me go to parties and he always told me, he's like, I know you're going to drink. I know you're going to smoke weed. He's like, all I ask is that you never drive and then you never get into a car with somebody else who's under the influence. He's okay. like, call me. Wow. There'll be no judgment. I'll come get you and you won't get in trouble. Cool. Fucking so, bad, man. <laughs> yeah. So the one time, wow. right. I, I call him the very first time and you know, he comes and gets me and I'm like, oh, am I going to get in trouble? And he didn't. And I think wow. because of that, it yeah. was one of those things where like, well, listen, I got it good. I don't want to fuck this up. No doubt. So I kind of just stuck with it and I respected them. And I never, I never you didn't need to get in trouble. They were, they were helping you avoid that pitfall. No. And I mean, that's listen, amazing. I, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, and the only, the only trouble I really got in was, you know, I wanted to skip class and just go hang out with my friends. Sure. But my mom was like, your grades are so good because, you know, I went to the air force Academy. So my grades had to be good. Oh, wow. So as long as yeah, I got yeah, my yeah. shit done. They didn't right. care. Okay. So you were on that air force Academy track all the way back. When did that start? Like, uh, how early do you have to start? Because you need to get a congressman to sign off and shit. Wow. Yeah, listen, That's the a- only reason it started is because my parents couldn't afford college. And it was because of what happened uh, with the real estate agent. So okay. all of these things happened that really set my parents back and I couldn't afford to go to college. And so my junior year is when I was exposed to the Air Force Academy. Most people are exposed to this in eighth grade, if not earlier. Yeah, they're working so was, on a, like a resume almost, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was well behind the curve. And I took the ACT and the SAT cumulatively nine times total. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ouch. And I, yeah, and, and I, never got, I never got the score that I needed. And okay. then I had to go and get a congressional nomination. Okay. I had all of these letters written for me from right. different congressmen to support me um, to get a congressional nomination from my congressman here in Colorado. Right. And so I went and did my interview and they gave me a nomination to the Merchant Marine Academy. And I just wrote back. I was like, hey, this is what I asked for. You can give it to somebody else. <laughs> and so good for um, you. <laughs> yeah. Talk about balls so, on that junior. <laughs> yeah. And so like I'm coming up on my senior year and I didn't get into the Air Force Academy. Okay. So I'm sitting here in a unique position. I haven't applied to any other schools because I know my parents can't afford to send me to college. Okay. And I have one option. And the only option is to go to the Air Force Academy prep school, which is in Colorado Springs. Okay. And that's you do that. And if you graduate from there, you get an appointment to the Air Force Academy. Oh, wow. Okay. So I called down there and they're like, hey, all of our slots are taken. I was like, fuck. Yeah. And so this is like April of my senior year now. Okay. And I'm calling and I'm calling and I call every week just to check in. I was like, Hey, I'm just going to call and check in to see if somebody's dropped out. And they're right. like, okay. By the end of April, early May, they knew me by my name. They knew I was going to call. <laughs> they and, knew your number. <laughs> yeah. And about, that's great. Three, yeah. And about three days before graduation, I still didn't have anything. Mm, wow. And three days. Did you say three yeah. days? Wow. Okay. Yep. 
And I'm driving to uh, a party for one of my friend's house and I'm, I was in my Jeep and I remember getting a phone call and it was from the admissions office and they go, Hey, Sergio, we've had somebody drop out. This is the last slot available since you've been so persistent. If you want it, it's yours. Wow. And, I took it. <laughs> and it was in that moment that I didn't realize that my summer just got cut down to three weeks because I was leaving for basic training. So it was wow. quite the experience. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. I have comments. Um, so I, you know, enlisted guy, 20 years, Air Force, right? I visited the Air Force Academy one time when I went to Sea Springs. Um, so if you're a civilian and you can figure out a way to get on that base, I recommend it highly. <laughs> can you get on? Do you need to have an, an ID or can anybody go to the Academy? Okay, everybody yeah. go. Because it's the yeah. like the closest thing on planet Earth to Starfleet Academy that I've ever yeah. seen in the real world. <laughs> Fair assessment. <laughs> yeah. Fair assessment. <laughs> and then the persistence thing, I had another comment because uh, a colonel that I worked for in the Air Force had seven letters of rejection on his wall, all framed from the Air Force Academy. So he, he was so proud of all those letters <laughs> of rejection. He was like, you know, it's really hard to get into the Air Force Academy. So I kept trying. <laughs> And I'm like, you did it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so good for I mean, you. And the hard congratulations. Part is not, yes. Yeah. I mean, you have what, 25,000 applicants? Right. They take 1,200, right. 700 graduate. Wow. That's an attrition rate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's just close this loop. What did you end up doing in the Air Force? Did you fly? Did you? So I graduated from the academy. I was right. supposed to go to pilot training. Um, First assignment was in a uh, fighter jet squadron, F-16 squadron out in Utah. Saw the lifestyle. I was like, dude, I don't want to do this for fucking 20 years. Wow. So I okay. mixed my pilot slot and it ended up becoming an uh, acquisitions officer. Okay. Worked on okay. nuclear defense systems with the German government Wow. Um, for a few years. Got to launch a rocket into space. That was pretty great. Nate, and that, I, I watched one of those. That was awesome. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where, where were you at? Vandenberg? I was out in uh, L.A. Air Force Base, and we launched out of Vandenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at L.A. Air Force Base. We might have been there at the same time. (laughs) When were you there? Uh, 2003 to 2008, 9, 10. I was was uh, there 08 through like 2011. See, so I was there. So I went to the SBSS launch at Vandy. And it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I had already awesome. retired and my colonel invited me. And I was like, yeah, I want to watch a, lot, <laughs> a rocket yeah. launch. Oh, that was amazing. Did you get to yeah. watch your, your rocket launch? I did, but it was from a control station down in Colorado Springs. Oh, you were on the team. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And which was great because mm-hmm. my next job was down in Colorado Springs. But then I started working for, I was a captain working for a civilian and that relationship is complete bullshit in my opinion. So I was like, this job sucks. This leader sucks. And so I called up air force personnel command and I requested a deployment to Afghanistan. They tried to bring me up on a court martial because they said that I went around their back to get a deployment. I ended up going to Afghanistan for seven and a half months. And then wow. not, maybe it wasn't a partial. It might've been a different, like a letter of reprimand. That's probably what it was. Article um, 15, maybe the offer, whatever. So it was some, yeah, some bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot forgot all the acronyms, but I ended up staying for seven and a half months, deployed with the army and some special forces units. Wow. And then when I got back, I got out. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. There's piles of bullshit in the military. (laughs) 
I mean, like I I worked at SMC and the 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 wartime duties of acquisition officers always made me laugh. Their wartime yeah. duty is to do their job at in a civilian base. I'm like, yep. That shouldn't be a military person. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, we're not going to fix that. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. But that's okay. There's a lot of shit that humans do that doesn't make any damn sense. Okay. Agreed. So, okay. So you're in the military. You ha- you do your time. Okay. Afghanistan for seven months. Ouch. And when, when was that? Was it like during the hot period or? It was August of 2012 to February of 2013. So we were in our wind down over there. Right. That's right. Transitioning and training the Afghan army to kind of take over. So there was a lot of blue on green, um, kind of like a violence. Sure. Sure. So, you know, I was traveling Northern Afghanistan with me and a translator and that was it. Yikes. Yeah. Super fun shit. <laughs> so what did you do? What was your job in, when you were on your deployment? Yeah. So there's a lot of me going to some of the forward operating bases, checking in, making sure that the procedures and policies that they had in place that they were ex- actually executing on to train the Afghan army. I was doing base perimeter defense. So having to go up in some of those towers and huh. speak with the Afghan that's up there because they're the ones that are monitoring it if the U.S. isn't in there as well. So we're kind of transitioning out. Wow. I mean, you go into the top of those and you have an Afghan local who you don't know what side they're on because of the blue green violence that's going on. Right. Translator that gets rotated over and over because they can't keep them. And so you don't know what side they're on. And then right. there's me. And so that's some scary shit time, right there. Yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> one of the times I went up there and voices started to elevate and I didn't know what was going on. And it was the first time that I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to pull my weapon and shoot somebody here. Right. And scary. Yeah. Never had to raise my weapon. But, you know, those are those types of experiences amongst many others that I had over there. They definitely change who you are and the way you see the world. Oh, yeah. It's like the guy with the gun is the law in this room, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, ha- I worked with a, a major and he was an intel officer. He went on this U.N. deployment. Very similar situation. Everybody started pointing guns. And he was like, okay, I guess I have to point my gun. <laughs> and totally like the last thing you'd think you'd see this guy do, just super chill dude. And he was like, okay, I guess I'm the law now. And he played that game. And he didn't kill anybody, thank God. But he did point his gun at a guy. And that guy, like, you know, that's the scary thing. <laughs> and, and like for the listeners, I want you to just think of this, right? Like, yeah this moment where all of this shit is going on like we're laughing about it right but there's this conflict you're in this situation there's a language barrier so you really have no clue what the fuck you're doing right you're trained on a weapon but you're nowhere near an expert that you need to be especially in the air force right (laughs) yeah you pull the weapon and aim it to protect yourself do you pull the weapon and aim it knowing that that might spark something off do you pull the weapon and aim it shoot somebody and now you're in like you made a bad decision like all of these things are rushing through your head and that happened you've got like yeah like no time whatsoever so you got lucky so <laughs> let's, let's, you know, like drop a little, uh, beer on the ground for the homies that you didn't get. <laughs> wow. You know, and things like that, when you hear stories like that, it, it, all the civilian bullshit of ordinary Netflix chill shit is just like the volume is way low. <laughs> Cause yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, okay, let's see. Hmm. This deadline at work, not really all that fucking important. <laughs> I think it, listen, I always play the game just because somebody else has worse problems than you do. Doesn't mean your problems are irrelevant. And no. so just because 
I had that experience. Right. I still kind of like look through the lens. Like you just have never experienced the level of stress that I have. Right. And honestly, I don't, don't want you to. So yeah, right. I think right. from a, from a skill set and a mindset perspective, like I'm leaps and bounds above a lot of people. And the fact that I'm like, this isn't stress y'all. I, I know. It's, stress, <laughs> yeah. it's not stress. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. That I think that is like between you and me, like if you've seen things like that, it just turns down the personal volume of this is something I can deal with. Yeah, it's serious. Sure. I mean, we all need to keep our jobs. <laughs> we all need to make money, but it's not life and death, right? right. You can see the distinction. It's like a big fucking red line. <laughs> yeah. It's like bullshit, not bullshit, right? Absolutely. Yes, yes. Anyway, okay. So that's amazing. All right. So let's move on from what did you do like immediately after you get out of the air force you're in Colorado uh, still, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I got out, uh, and I decided that I wanted to help one of my buddies open up a CrossFit gym. It's what I always wanted to do. I just had like this desire to serve people just in a different capacity. And I right. knew I had some passion for that. And so I helped start a business here in Denver. And wow. at the same time, I was like, listen, I need some, some extra cash. I'm going to use my GI bill. And I went back and got my MBA at the same time. Good for you. And so I was working kind of both paths, um, in the pursuit of that until my life kind of hit a, hit a wall at one moment and I had to make some different decisions. <laughs> this show is all about those walls. Yeah. <laughs> but, but okay. So how did the CrossFit gym go? Did it work out? It worked out for the time being, you know, okay. I think there's this part where you get out of the military and all you want is to like, have nobody telling you what to do. Amen. Yes. I'm still there. You know? I, I, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there was this part where I was just like, Oh, I feel free. And I got to explore. I got to right. do whatever try, the fuck you want. Try drugs. Yeah. I got to party. I got to <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. You know, go out and dates and do all these fun things. And I got to do something that I really enjoyed doing. And I was only making $24,000 a year. But to me at the time, at least the first year, I was like, dude, this is what I want to do. And so it was just an amazing experience. And it taught me a lot, especially because prior to that, I couldn't even speak in public. I was so terrified of public mm. speaking right. that I was forced into a situation. I think that's one of the greatest gifts that came out of that is my ability to public speak and also my ability to lead groups to <clears throat> do something. Okay. Wow. Well, leadership is like one of these things that's happening to you in the military all the time. You're getting indoctrinated with leadership and you don't even know or appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. Until you realize, like I spent like, you know, my post Air Force time, like just kind of feeling bad about how shitty I felt towards all that bullshit leadership stuff that I was being force fed down my throat. I was like, enough already. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you get out and you're like, oh, wow, that was really cool. <laughs> the military and the Air Force, they do really good at at least training leadership and indoctrinating you. It's like yeah. day one, everybody's a leader. Your job now as a leader is to fucking follow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, it's a really powerful lesson. And it I think is. That's, yeah. That's one of the most transferable skills that can come out of the military. You yeah. know, I think one of the biggest bullshit lies that I was fed is that, hey, all of you at the Air Force Academy are the cream of the crop. 
Mm. And it's not that that's not true, but when you're just like, okay, I'm the cream of the crop because they told me I'm the cream of the crop. And you don't realize that you're the cream of the crop because of the skill sets and the time management skills Mm. and the stress skills that you've kind of been able to develop stress management skills that you've been able to develop. That's what makes you good. But if you've ignored all that and you're not able to see that, then you're never going to believe that you have the skills to be the cream of the crop. And so I say it's a bullshit lie because they don't tell you what comprises you being the best. Yeah. I think the day you get um, like accepted, you're the cream of the crop. The next day you're just another piece of shit. (laughs) Right. Until you accept that indoctrination. And you know, if you, if you graduate and become a better person, then you're the cream of the crop. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, listen, right. And that may not even be true. I've met plenty right. of shitty officers. Me too. Oh yeah, me too. So. T- ton of them. Yes. You know, just anyway. And a lot a lot of them really awesome too, right? Yeah. Uh, I, but the awesome is a smaller number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So all right, so you're making $24,000. You figure out that that's not enough. Oh, you know what? What are I know you're struggling with PTSD at some point. Yeah. So do, can we talk about that? Yeah, you can push, you can talk about anything. Okay. Let's, so what was the, do you know the source of the PTSD? Was it that deployment? It was mostly the deployment, right? The stuff that you see, the things that you experience, right. all of it. Right, right, right. And so coming out of that and trying to integrate back into regular life, you know, I feel like there's a few ways to do it. I think like 10% of people, go get professional help and work their way through 90% of people turn to drugs and alcohol. And that was one of the 90%. Right. And there was a, yeah, there was a difference between exploring it and using it recreationally. Right. And then all of a sudden one day I was like, Oh, this has gotten a little bit out of control. Right. And so I came to this point and there was this catalyst, you know, I went through this breakup and I think this breakup sparked all of these emotions that I had been suppressing for so long gotcha. and all of the things I had been used for sedating for so long mm. that it came to a head. And it was February of 2015, March, 2015, where I was like, I need help. And wow. there were moments where I'm just like laying on the ground thinking, you know, like just bawling my eyes out thinking just like, damn, life would be a lot easier if I wasn't here right now. Mm, I went through that. My sister was concerned. Mm. I think it was at that moment that I was like, all right, I'm going to go into therapy and start that up. That's a big deal. And good for you. You, I'm glad you lived. Me too. (laughs) too. Because you're awesome. But yes. uh, So I can talk about like, uh, I I saved up this story because it just happened and it relates to that whole fire thing. Mm -hmm. So, this is one of these things. I'm going to tell this story and it's not true, right? This story is not true. Parts of it are true, but it's not true, but it's useful. So it's useful bullshit. <laughs> so the other day, uh, I had just got, I just got back from uh, visiting my parents in Michigan and uh, my mom's going through early stage dementia. And uh, <clears throat> I'm already in the habit of drinking a lot while I'm visiting my parents in Michigan. So it's like we do the day, and then whenever we get back, then I start drinking. <laughs> now, I'm not, like, getting party drunk, but, you know, four or five beers. Maybe my mom bought me some uh, Bloody Mary mix. I got to use that up before I leave. Great time, but, oh, my God, when I got back, I'm like, I am so hungover. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not just like a couple days hungover. I'm like 10 days hungover, right? And you can, you feel that. I feel that, right? I'm like, holy shit. So I'm like, day I got home, still hit the beer. The next day I'm like, okay, dry out time. And I woke up at like, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning. And I, I was feeling this like sadness, right? And I suddenly had this, I don't know what you want to call it, realization that I'm morning drinking guy. I'm like, okay, drinking guy is dead tonight. I go, I'm going to go back to sleep in about five minutes. And when I wake up, I'm not going to be that drinking guy anymore. When I wake up, I'm going to hide all the beer. <laughs> I'm going to hide all the booze. I'm going to go on an extended no drinking period. And I got to do something healthy tomorrow. <laughs> right? So I did. I got up that day. I did an extra long run. I went and booked a yoga class. I'm still sore because I did it yesterday. But the fire thing, right? Was well, let's pause there. What part of that's not true? The thing about like, like I didn't literally die. <laughs> it felt like there was this coach in my head saying, that version of you is dead today. Right. So that that's not really true. I didn't literally I didn't, die. I metaphorically true. died. Yes. It's it, metaphorically it's true. true. Yeah. 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 It's not literally true. I like to point those differences out. Minutia, important sometimes. I think the crowd would pick up that you're not dead simply because you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it relates to this other thing that I saw that I like. There's a lot of things in life that you can use like belief systems that don't need to be true to be useful, right? So like I've got this imaginary coach in my head. I know he's made up and he's me talking to myself, <laughs> but it doesn't work if I know that all the way. So I try to do my best to like believe he's real, even though it's not true. <laughs> I, would, I, mean, I, want, I would encourage you to explore that because it it's is awesome. True. Uh, it, but it's true. Okay. And like, you you say coach, it's true. <laughs> well, it is. That's, okay. That is a version of you that is speaking to yourself. And that could be a higher version of you. That could, could be. be a version of you in the future. Right. That could be. But like, it's, it's, a, it's somebody who is speaking to you and then you get to make the decision. Right. It, let's, let's agree to say it's true enough. Okay. Because <laughs> now we're just getting into bullshit semantics. <laughs> Oh, not really? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Words have power. I, I, I could talk to you forever and it would awesome it would be awesome fun. We could argue or vehemently agree and it would mm -hmm. be awesome. <laughs> so let's agree to say it's more or less true. <laughs> there are things that can be not true completely and useful. But anyway, I digress. Like Ooh, you put me on the spot. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't want to offend. <laughs> How about like uh, gravity? So you, you're saying things like that are rephrase or say it again. You said there's things that could not be true, but they're not true. Not necessarily true, but useful. Okay. Here's another thing. Like. Yeah, like that little thing, right? Like if, if you went and talked to a bunch of scientists, right, they would, they would say, okay, that coach in your head, that's just you talking to you. I'm like, I know. 
<laughs> right? That's what I meant. But I imagine the, the imaginary coach. That's what makes it not true. Does that make sense? In a literal sense. I'm just kind of. I'm trying to I'm trying to appease the literalists. That's it. <laughs> Does that make sense? I think we've just confused them. I'm, I guess I'm trying to figure out like things that aren't true but are true. I'll I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. There's a okay. whole blog post by this guy. Have you ever heard of? Uh, now I now I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Whenever I try to think of a name, I always forget it. So I'll come back to that because okay. I, I can't I can't think and talk at the same time. It's a superpower. Okay. So, all right, let's move on from there. So you go get uh, some sort of professional help from PTSD. Okay. So what happens next? Yeah. I mean, listen, that's been a kind of a consistent pattern on things that it's it's kind of sparked this personal development and growth. And this desire to know more, this desire to know more about who I am as an individual. And so that went on for about two and a half years. And so that allowed me to start to really explore some of the relationships in my life, some of the patterns in my life. And inevitably, I decided to stop, you know, coaching CrossFit as a career. And I went and got a job as a, an account manager for this tech company for two years. Okay. And and that was simply like, okay, listen, I'm better than where I'm at right now. These things that I'm doing no longer serve me. It's time for me to start to make some changes to align with what I want. And so that was really the next step. I left $24,000 a year and okay. I went and got a $65,000 job all while I finished up my MBA. That's better. Okay. And you get your MBA. And did you get that housing allowance? Is that something that you get? I did. That's I mean, <laughs> the reason I'm doing it, right? Because I needed money. It, and it's tax-free. So yep. two, two, uh, uh, two of my years on my Social Security uh, report are zeros for the, the input. And that was when I was doing my GI Bill. And I, nice. that money was awesome. <laughs> it's really great. Yeah. I, I went and finished... Uh, my bachelor's degree in psychology, and then I went to massage school. I, I recommend everybody go to massage school and not be a massage therapist. It was it's awesome. probably a nice skill set to have. It's great. <laughs> have you ever heard of trigger point therapy? Yep. I can do it with yoga balls. It's great. Nice. Yeah. I only do it on me. Oh, and, and friends that ask real nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't, don't want to walk up to strangers and hit them in the supraspinatus and go, this always hurts on everybody. <laughs> they might punch you. Okay. So, all right. So I digress yet again. All right. So you get another job. Was 65 is better than 24. So good job. How was that job? Was it, it's obviously better, but probably more stress would be my guess. No, not really more stress. I think it was a learning experience. It was probably less work than being a CrossFit coach. Okay. The coach, you know, when you're coaching eight hours, you're on for eight hours. You have people right. safety, security, right. you're talking, so you're on for eight hours. Any nine to five job, you can kind of fuck around for a, a little bit. <laughs> and most, so, most of the day. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but it was a good experience. I mean, I learned a lot about corporate America and that I didn't want to be a part of it. I learned Amen. a lot from good leaders in that position, right? There's two really great ones. I met my wife at that job. Congratulations. So wow. That came from it. Um, yeah. But, you know, inevitably, once I, once new leadership was kind of put in place and 
didn't really get along with, you know, that boss at the time. I was like, all right, I'm done with this shit. Right. And I decided to pursue entrepreneurship at that point. Oh, wow. Okay. So what did, I, what did you end up doing after that job? Uh, something to do with real estate, realtor. Yeah, I became a real estate agent here in Denver. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, I left a secure job, even though nothing in, in this world is secure, <clears throat> but I left a secure job. I would and, say easy. <laughs> I mean, it was it's, easy, but it, it was also hard because it it's wasn't- It's easy what I, pain in the ass is what it is. It's easy yeah. to yeah, fall into Netflix and beer when, you're, when you got that kind of job. Yeah. And I think that's kind of one of the, you know, things that people fall into is this level of mediocrity in their life because they right. think there's nothing that's available. And so I just got to this spot where I was like, this is not it. This is not what I want to do. Um, left, became a real estate agent full-time, didn't sell a home for the first seven months. I had zero, zero dollars coming in to the point where I was, you know, did I make the wrong choice? Do I need to update my resume? Do I mm. need to get back on LinkedIn? Right. And then all of a sudden it just took off. And that's what I have been doing for the last five years. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> and what, and did your wife stay at that same company? No. I mean, once I left and I started to make some, a, a lot better money, um, I looked at her, I was like, listen, they're never going to pay you what you think you're worth. There's mm. no room for growth here. I was like, the only way that you're going to get paid more is to leave and find a new job. Okay. Wow. So she did. <laughs> yeah, so You've got service. a better relationship with your wife than I've got with everything I say to my wife. She thinks I'm stupid. <laughs> so congratulations. It's all, it's all in the packaging and whether right. or not they try or not. Right. 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 So, totally. Yeah. We got a, uh, helped her get her resume kind of updated, provide or hired a service for that. And then started making some connections and she went from 45,000 to 140,000. Wow. Good for her and for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it, are you still doing the real estate now? I'm transitioning. So yeah, I've yeah. been doing five and a half years. I opened up my, you know, started my coaching company back in February of this year. That's really starting to gain some traction. Good for you. Um, but yeah. the last five years of real estate, you know, every year has built on the last. Right. And so now I'm at this spot where I'm walking away from a really, really good life right. in the pursuit of a great one. I get it. I've been there and I've done that. <laughs> My first, my second job out of the Air Force, I, I was getting that that oh, six-figure salary. Shittiest job I ever had. <laughs> Couldn't wait to get out of there. So yeah, that I walked away from that job, and that's when I did my GI Bill. And nice. I never really got a real job after that either. I, 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 only, I never wanted to interrupt my fucking around because my fucking around became my passion. Yeah, um, <laughs> and when <laughs> I drove for Lyft, I did a bunch of like shitty because uh, uh, you know I had GI Bill money, right? So it, I had no retirement. I had GI Bill money. My wife was still working; she had the benefits. I'm like, I'm going hard on this fucking off. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It gets old, you know. That's not the end. Just like you, right? The hedonistic treadmill only pays bills for a little while. You kind of get over it. It's like, okay, I've been too many beers and chicken wings. I, I'm done now. I, I got to find something to do for real. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I think that's a common thread of a lot of veterans that I talk to. It's just like, I want to grow a beard and fuck off. You should do that. <laughs> yeah. I think there is some value to finding yourself a little bit, right? Because yeah. the military does a very great, the military does a really great job of having you forget who you are. They yes. help, they, they basically bring you in, strip everything away, 
brainwash you. And the longer you are in there, the more you're part of that system. And the longer you're part of that right. system, the more you're kind of burying who you are as an individual. And so True. the moment I got out is when I really was like, all right, cool. This is an, another awakening for myself. And this is an opportunity for me to figure out who I am in my essence and then tap into that That's because I lost it for a really long time sure. because of the decision I made at 17. Yeah. 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 You're like, I, I don't know really who I am, but I'm going to go do this. Yep. And the exactly. air force is in the military is really good at telling you who you are and what to do. <laughs> It is their job. Yeah. Have everybody on the page. Oh, totally. I mean, it's necessary, but I mean, it's not, it doesn't mean it doesn't leave scars in your brain. It does. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And just think like I have now been out for a very long time. So I retired in 2008, right? 2007. But I'm still finding shit that I'm like, oh, right. Old programming still there. <laughs> Things that don't even occur to me to think of, right? In retrospect, go, oh, right. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> that's just some, some of the things for you. Some bullshit that, yeah, thanks for asking now. Um, I think like, like I started working for the Department of Energy and going in assuming that one government agency is the same as every other one, right? And like the Department of Energy is just like the military. It's not, <laughs> right? So if you go in assuming like the leader is going to do this or the leader is going to do that, like it's like completely different. So yeah. it, like the, um, you know, the rock star in uh, the Department of Energy is a scientist or a science-like person or maybe like a program manager, right? Yeah. They're like the rock stars. I didn't meet anybody that like, acted like a military leader. And I did see one guy, he was a civilian working for a contractor and I could tell right away he was using military leadership style. And I was like, that's refreshing. I wonder how long he lasts. And he was removed. <laughs> it's just not a fit. Right. I saw like a lot of leaders come to the DOE from the military and they don't stay long. Because yeah. the culture is just vastly different, right? So, like, yeah. again, like, I'm just assuming the leader's going to lead. That would be, like, a very generic way of saying it, but they don't, right? So mm. then you, you go, what the fuck is going on? It's just, like, yeah. shit's dropping everywhere, and then everybody gets pissed. And I'm like, no shit, nobody's leading. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, like, you know, like, you just assume you're on a team and teams look out for each other. They don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> in the military, no. they do. Not every day, not every team, yeah. right? But if you're on like if you're on a deployment and you're going out right somewhere and people have guns, at least those dudes that you're with there, they're your team, right? <laughs> you're, yeah. And you're gonna look out for each other. And you're gonna like not fuck each other over that day anyway. When you get back, yes, you'll fuck each other over <laughs> that day. You won't. <laughs> yeah, Fair. the civilians like, ugh, I just saw like. Like teams just like not help each other at all. Like the IT team is like, you're on your fucking up. Oh, you're fucking up. Oh, well, yeah, you fucked up. And then they yell at them. You didn't even yep. tell them what to do. That kind of shit. Does that make sense? <laughs> Fair. Fair. Okay. All right. So now you're doing this, uh, this real estate thing. You're so let's talk a little bit about what you coach. Because I think yeah. I looked at some of your stuff. Looks really amazing. 
become the standard. I can't wait to see what this becomes because I know what that means. I think, I think like, I would love I, to I hear, I would love to hear what you think it means that that would mean the world to me. Well, the standard in the military is like the thing that you want to exceed, right? <laughs> so if you are the standard, then you're setting the bar, right? That's the way I look at it. Love it. If, if you become, if you become the bar, then you know what, what where you're next. You got to go a little bit further the next day, right? Yeah. It, it, again, if you were in the Air Force and you met standards, that meant you were getting kicked out, <laughs> which is an oxymoronic, stupid thing to say, but that's just the way they do it, um, yeah. right? So I think you want your standard to be better. 100%. <laughs> but let's talk about it. Like, so when you, when you coach people, what, what's your goal? Listen, I... Uh... It's interesting how easy entrepreneurship can be when the rest of your life is in alignment. And if there's right. one thing that I kind of fucked up along the way um, is that I let my values and my mm. relationships go to shit until I learned my lesson. Right. I grew okay. this six-figure business year over year over multiple six-figure business year over year over year. And I did to it by sacrifice. Right, right to a detriment of myself, right? I sacrificed a lot. And what I see in a lot of people, especially in entrepreneurs, is that they usually have maybe one domain of their life, possibly two that are working. Right. Usually it's going to be their business and their health. Okay. They're taking care of themselves. Most of the time, that's what it's going to be. It's like that, that they need that to feed the business. Right. So they, they see that they're like, I need to sleep. I need to eat. Right. I need to work out. So I and can kick ass few. at this. Yes. True. Yeah. And that's still a select few. True. I mean, the majority of entrepreneurs eat like shit. They're right. fat as shit. And that's why they're never going to be. <laughs> right. And so what I started to realize is that when you give all of your energy to growing a business and you neglect the people that are your support system and your, and your wife and your kid, and you don't take care of yourself because you're not in alignment with yourself and your creator. And then all of a sudden your body's kind of falling apart. It makes it really hard to run a business. Totally. And so part of what I do is awaken men and women to see what is possible and then help them get there. Because a lot of times because of their environment, because of the people they hang out with, because mm -hmm. of the stories they're telling themselves, they've painted a picture of the life that they can have and they don't realize what is possible. And so we open that up so that they can see some of the possibilities we create these targets and then we create a plan to help them get there but it's not just in their business we help them get there and achieve things in their body that they never thought they could achieve right. we help them build a deep connection and knowing in themselves and a deeper relationship with the universe god allah whoever the fuck your creator is <laughs> and then we really right. solidify those relationships because i want to be the best father i want to be the best husband but i also want to have significance in my business and so this is really about getting everybody to see that they can have it all in their life. They right. just have to be do the work. Right. That's awesome. I love it. See, so I, I'm kind of in a, a transition myself. So like, have you ever heard of this fire movement? I'm bringing it home. Finally. <laughs> I have not. Tell me more about it. It stands for financial independence, retire early. Everybody should go Google that. Uh, like my favorite blogger is this guy, uh, Mr. Money Mustache. So he was an engineer from Canada, I want to say. And uh, he didn't need a lot of money, right? So when he got his engineering paycheck, 
back in his 30s, he was like, wow, this is way more money I'll never need. And he kind of went hard on that. <laughs> okay. So the idea is, is uh, if you talk to Mr. Money Mustache, he's, he's like Joe Thrifty, right? Like, I can live on $24,000 a year, no problem, right? And, <clears throat> you know, a guy like, uh, there's this other guy. Have you ever heard of uh, Ramit Sati? I have. Yeah, yeah. So they fight fake, right? Because he's all about live your rich life, right? So he likes to, yes, don't be stupid with your money, <laughs> but you can do so much more, right? He, where Mr. Money Mustache is, you know, eating crackers in a, in a cheap, shitty hotel is not bad, right? <laughs> I get it. It's, it's just different mindsets, right? They're aiming at the same thing, to have enough money, right? What's I, enough? It, that's that's for you to answer. Yeah. Right? But I think that kind of stems to the point that my, this is the whole idea of this. Yeah. You're only going to know what enough is based on your experiences and the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. There's a lot of power in you getting around other people because there's a lot of times where people are like, well, I don't need this big house or I don't need this nice car. And it's like, until you can afford it, go fuck yourself because you don't get to have a decision or a choice about it. <laughs> sure. Yes. Hundred percent. You know, I I'll agree with that, but like I'll say, I have enough money today for now. How's that sound? Can you write a check? Anything that do you do that you, might that might change in the future? Do you ever have to penny pinch on anything? Not really. Okay. Yeah. No. Not really. I don't have a kid. My wife has a job. I've got a retirement. Yeah. I've got a you know, amazing an an an. an, an well, I don't want to say it on the air, but I'll tell you <laughs> after we stop recording. Because <laughs> so, it, it makes people weird out when they go, oh, he's got how much money, right? So Fine. I made, I made $960,000 last year as a real estate agent. And nice. I'm walking that in the pursuit of something better. I think one of the things we have to start to normalize is this conversation around money. Who gives a fuck if it upsets people? Like People need right. to see what's possible. And the right. fact that even talk about it just says how fucked and sensitive this world is because we can't right. even have because we might offend somebody right. when in reality i think that we play too small by not talking about it mm. because when we allow people to see what is possible we allow them to dream because if they see that you can do it and i can do it you would hope that they're like well they're no better looking or smarter than me i could do it too right and everybody's better looking than me that's for sure <laughs> So, yeah, I have like, so that the idea behind the fire is you take what you're currently spending and be honest about it and then add a little padding. Okay. And then multiply that by 25. And then if you have that amount, whatever that is, that's your fire number. And if you've got that in some sort of diversified portfolio um, and you, you're smart about it, you can pull out money and it'll never go away. Does that make sense? It no. makes sense. I don't really buy the formula though. You don't buy the formula? Okay. Because that, I mean, no, it's not too easy. It's just the fact that then we start to limit ourselves on what is possible. I suppose. Sure. Okay. You know, because you're like, okay, yeah. well, this is it's the a, life that I want. You then you're want, never actually <clears throat> being like, what if I want more? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, okay, Mr. Money Mustache and Ramit would say and agree with you. You know, there's a lot of people 
that like I would say if you're going to do this fire thing, right? Don't lock down on a super small number because <laughs> you might want to expand that later, right? So if you're like a college kid and you're living in a shitty apartment and you can get by on a really low annual thing and you lock down on that and go, this is all I want. Yeah, you're going way too small, right? But I'm like 54, right? I got like five years of what we've been doing and we're not planning and doing much more big things. Um, I'm already thinking about like having excess millions of dollars and what to do with it. So that's where I'm at right now about like figuring out what, just if I do nothing else, right? And let that pile grow and we spend that that rate and we could spend at that rate, we could 2X that rate and we'd still have like $4 million extra. So that's the kind of, what am I going to do with all this money? I don't even have a kid. I should have a kid to give this money to. I'm not going to do that. What? You could do a lot of fun shit with $4 million. I know. I know. All kinds of fun shit. So my first thought was I wanted to do some sort of like uh, I'm a big guy on, I think mindfulness is huge. So I wanted some sort of nonprofit that would fund research and or education on mindfulness for kids. Like the younger, the better. I think that could have a positive impact. But I, that can't be the whole, you know, it's half my wife. So she has to have her chunk too. So that's my current idea. I have no idea how to make that happen. But why not just start a YouTube channel that can teach kids how to be more mindful? That'd probably have a larger impact than you try, start to try to start a nonprofit. That's true. I don't want to do a YouTube channel, but yeah, point taken. <laughs> or I could just talk about mindfulness on this podcast. 100%. Either one. Whatever Easier. You Easier. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever fucked around with video? You're with doing video? that now. You're doing that now, right? When you do your videos... Do you just yeah. shoot lives with your phone and then upload them immediately? Uh, it depends. I go live on Instagram all the time. Right, I right, have right. Created content. I do all of it, and it's yeah. super easy, right? Just to, to snap a video. You're walking. You're talking. It's uploaded, right? <laughs> I I could do that. That I could do because that's you know very low. What I just don't like fucking around video editing shit. If so. You know. <laughs> I mean, so why, why not go? Why not go live and speak to your kind of like community at large about what you're passionate about? Like, yeah. what's stop doing that? Uh, I don't even have an audience. That's pretty much. Oh. I don't talk to people. I'm just talking to you. You don't have. <laughs> you don't have. So, who listens to your podcast? Just you and me. That's a bullshit. If <laughs> no, really. <laughs> no, really. It, so we're going to record this, and you're not going to post it. Oh, I post it. Just nobody. So shows who listens it. to it? <laughs> nobody. Absolutely nobody. Why? Why what? Why nobody listens to it? Yeah, why does nobody listen to it? Well, I mean, people listen to it, I suppose, but not a lot. It's a very okay, small audience. What's, what's not what's, a lot? What's um, not a lot? Let me see. If you want a number, I'll give you a number. Okay, so it's a non-zero number. What's the number? 100, no, 161,545 total listens. That's amazing. 308 episodes. So it's not nobody. I just don't talk to them. <laughs> but if you want to have a nonprofit and you want to help kids, don't you think there's a group of people that are probably listening that have children that could benefit from mindfulness? Yeah, that's true. Yes. So now I'm getting free coaching. 
Keep going. Yeah, you are kidding. Well, I, guess, <laughs> I guess my question is, like, why, why are you doing the why podcast? Why do it? Right, right. Yes. Why, yeah. Why are you doing the podcast? I mean, why are you doing the podcast? Right. Mostly for me. So I get to talk to cool people like you. Okay. But That's it. If it's just you and me talk, I mean, I wouldn't have come on here if I had just known that. <laughs> well, it's so, too late now. You're here. I know. So I guess my, my point is this, is like, if you are passionate about something. Yes. Why not just turn on your camera and talk to it and allow people to see that? Yeah, I could do that. Now that's that's good. That's a good idea. I could do that. So what are it's we going to do? It? To, it's easier to do that when I'm talking to somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, you get it right because I'm I I'm just talking to you. So when I'm talking to you, I know I'm talking to other people. It's just hard for me to get into the the mindset. Like when you're sitting there talking to the camera. And you're, you're being all passionate and stuff. I'm like, wow, how's he do that? So that's like, a, <laughs> that's a skill. There you go. Well, that's, yeah, not, you just it wasn't a skill that it. just came overnight. Yeah, you I'm just gonna, do it. Right? You, you just do bit, it. Yeah, yeah. I just, want to challenge you a little bit because like, okay. I can tell you're you passionate about this and I can okay. tell you're good at it. Okay. But this comes through repetitions. Like imagine right. you picking this message and your your desire to get this out and like your what you want to do to help children with mindfulness because you right. understand how important it is and you turn on that camera and the good news is nobody's going to watch the first one but you're going right. to become a better speaker okay. and because you become a better speaker and you do this over and over again well then all of a sudden that message becomes more clear and more clear until you mm. start to awaken the people that need to hear it and then once you awaken those people right now you can start to have that change and you put a little bit of money behind that thing whatever that fund is for you right like you're you're, you're having an impact. And so like right. the, the whole time that we've been talking, when you started talking about mindfulness, you lit up. <laughs> yeah. It's a big deal. So you, why are you hiding from your gift? I think like right. that's your gift. Ah, thank you. No, that was hugely valuable. Yeah, you're right. And I need to meditate more. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I'm kind of hijacking this whole thing. So no, sorry, you but. should. No, no, no. This show is you. It's all about oh. you. Please hijack okay. away. Yes. So when are you going to go live? Um, I could go live today if you want me to. Okay. I want you to send it to me. Okay. I will. Do I have your email? No, just on Instagram. Oh, okay. I want you to go live. I want you to talk, talk about, about mindfulness. Mindfulness. Why it's important to you. How long does it have to last? Like five minutes? 10 minutes. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. minutes. Wow. I don't know if I can talk about mindfulness. You can talk about I can probably. You and your experience with mindfulness. Talk about mindfulness and the impact of it. Talk about all of it. Yeah. yeah. And I want you to post it to your Instagram. Okay. And then I want you to send it to me in a message. Okay. Will do. Free coaching. So what would that cost? I'm just kidding. (laughs) And accountability. I like you. I'm I'm calling you the badass kick-ass coach right now and on fire (laughs) there was one have you ever heard of this show from the 90s called twin peaks no well you should because it's awesome uh but anyway (laughs) you've got too much to do to watch old tv but there's this really cool um quote that i like uh and it's like fire walk with me and it's the name of a movie Right. So it's that was another little thing that I heard in my head. So all yeah. of these fire things, right? So when I heard that fire walk with me, I was like, oh, I got to go get with these, you know, financial independence realist, uh, retire early. I could talk about that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is that you want to fucking talk about, talk, talk about. about. <laughs> people need to hear you. Oh, see, look at you. You're good at this. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. All right. So it we're it's ten o'clock. So that means we have to quit. So um, right. yeah, yeah, this no. is fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> how how am I coachable? I, I need to ask that question. Do you think I'm coachable? I'll see if you go live or not after this. If you go live, I'll go live, baby. I will go live. Good. Yes. Why don't we do this? I want you to go live, and then let's have a conversation about that because I I there's some you have some real energy behind. Listen, I'm like. All seriousness, no fucking around. <laughs> okay. For real. Okay. If you have a calling for this and that's important to you, right? whether it's fire, mindfulness, whatever it is, all you got to get that fucking message out. It can be right. all of it. Yeah. There's not enough leaders in this fucking world. And because we're lacking the leadership, this country is going to fucking shit. True. I can so concur just stand with up, right? And you're like, just lead. And the right people will hear it. And I'll tell you right now, I, when I go live, dude, there's three people that watch it. Right. And that's okay because I'm becoming a better speaker. And yeah. one day, my body of work will be so fucking undeniable that people will be forced to listen. Right. If you can do this and get your message out, the same will happen for you. Yeah. And it'll solve that I have too much money problem. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a fucking problem. <laughs> Sergio. I'm glad we you finally showed up. I was like 90% sure you were going to cancel again. <laughs> Who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> we're here, dude. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't tell you nobody listens. Because <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's a lie. You got 161,000 people listening to this thing. Well, that's like since 2015. So that's Who all cares? time. Yeah, don't, well, don't knock your progress. And get this, though. Uh, I, have you, do you know the difference between long tail, short tail? So like long tail means people listen to older shows than newer shows. Okay. Right. So that says something that means that they're not necessarily like hitting me because of like you. Right. Yeah. So like the, the idea on a podcast and building momentum is like we're sharing audience, right? You have yeah. an audience. I have an audience. We share. So like if you have a really, like if you're Tim Ferriss, right? doesn't fucking matter. Everybody's listening to that show anyway. Right? <laughs> Who would be your ideal client to interview? Huh? Probably Tim Ferriss. He well, would then be. You're going to have to become really fucking good. Because <laughs> we have so many of these, like, have you ever had that kind of like pseudo celebrity where you think, oh, if we could just talk. I mean, I don't want anything from him. I just think it would be fun to laugh with him for five minutes. <laughs> I'm an elite speaker, Jeffrey, and you'll have him. There you go. There you go. I like the way you think. Quit fucking around. Get back to work. <laughs> All right, dude. I'm going to let you go because I'm taking up too much of your time. Okay. So talk a little bit more about, drop a few more uh, TikTok handles and Instagram handles. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram, Sergio, S-E-R-G-I-O dot Nazaro. N is in uh, November, A-Z-Z-A-R-O. Same thing on TikTok. And uh, that's where you're going to get the best shit. This has been awesome. You are the standard. You don't need to become it. <laughs> you're helping other people become the standard. <laughs> Me included. <laughs> so you were, you were part of that fire dream that I had. Obviously, you're fucking on fire. So I uh, love your passion. Uh, thank you for your service. Uh, and uh, go out there and kick more ass. Yes, sir. Looking forward to that live. <laughs> I will do that shortly. Sounds good. I got nothing to do, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. 
Have a good one. Later, brother. Later. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.